Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. Hey, I heard you needed inspiration. He's Ilana and friends with some revelations. Little known fact of the day, every little thing's gonna be A-OK. Little known fact about my guest today, when he was first cast in The Lion King, he was cast as the back legs of the rhino, and his positive, beautiful attitude and joy about just being a part of this glorious show landed him the starring role of Simba on Broadway, and now we get to see him eight shows a week in Back to the Future on Broadway, Jelani Remy, Thank you for being such a glorious human and such a beautiful performer. Welcome to the podcast. A-OK. A-OK. Hey, everybody. My guest today is Jelani Remy. Jelani, who I'm so thrilled to have on the podcast today, is starring on Broadway in uh, a show called Back to the Future. You may have heard of it. Some of his other Broadway credits include A Too Proud and The Lion King. Jelani is a Paper Mill Playhouse rising star and Cheetah Rivera Award recipient. He's also a BCEFA Next Gen advocate. I could spend most of this time reading credits, but let's just get into our (laughs) conversation. Hello, Jelani. Hi, hi, hi. It is good to see you. It's good to be here. So good to see you. Jelani was telling me before we started that he is in rehearsal uh, for a presentation of a vampire musical, uh, and we need more of those. I feel strongly. I listen. It is something you can really sink your teeth into. If I may be so bold to say, it's what? Called, yeah, that's right. It's called Blood Love, and it's a vampire pop musical. And um, I'm excited to you know keep doing new things. You know, I'm, I'm grateful to be in Back to the Future. It is it is a wonder of a show, and I'm sure we'll get into that more. But you know, as artists, we also want to expand and try new things and be be part of the the scene and and uh, expand our horizons. So this is just another feather in the two in the fang. A feather in the fang? Sure. A feather in a fang in your <laughs> yeah, vampire yeah. cap. What is so amazing for, for people who either got to see it in London or or in New York, or I'm sure it would mm. tour or watching it on YouTube, uh, Back to the Future is such an incredible high energy show. And you guys are working from the minute that show begins until it stops like intensely. So the idea that you um, did that show twice yesterday and then are here today, it's just incredible how much energy you're putting out right now. Oh, thank you so much. You use the word we're working, but we're also, we get to play, you know, and especially in a show like Back to the Future, that is such a strong foundation. And what they did with this musical was we got to play. We get to, to bring it to life with a Broadway moment. And it is just a joy to do from start to finish, even more so to see the people enjoying it and to hear the people laughing and engaging and, and singing the songs with us. It's really awesome. Um, there are people that have been to this show now over 20 something times, you know, and we recognize them because they sit in the same seats or we see them at the stage door and 
it's it's just goes to show that we are putting out something joyful into the world that people connect with and want more of and they want it again and again and again and again so um i think we're doing it right it is so incredible to think about now how many generations have found either the film or the musical how many people will grow up only having seen the musical not even knowing that it was a movie isn't that, like it's so crazy that in something? that way yeah isn't that something absolutely and to see like a father and son in both a Marty McFly puffer vest, one in a teeny tiny size and one in an adult size. And they're sharing this experience together. It is just, it's so heartwarming and it's, it's connecting. So this must be a new kind of stage door experience because even though you have been in two really iconic Broadway musicals, The Lion King and Ain't Too Proud, I don't know, did people come in costumes? Like were little kids in Simba costumes at the stage you, door? You know, I, I will say I've had some some little kids dressed up as Simba that I'd have to hold up like it was a circle of life. I did have that, but nothing, <laughs> nothing like this. You know, these movie lovers of Back to the Future, the fans are just so tremendous and so gung-ho and so excited about this, this craft and this art and seeing it on the Broadway stage. It's like, it's 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 really something that I've never witnessed before. And it's it's wow. really cool. By the way, listeners, if you hear ambient sound, that is because uh, Jelani is in a rehearsal studio right now. And the voices you hear may be some of your favorite Broadway stars who happen to also be in the hallway today working yeah. on something. I can tell you. Yeah, you, you hear ambiance saying noise because I there's Constantine Maroulis here from American Idol. There's Courtney Reed from Moulin Rouge here. Um, the, the walls are bountiful here at, at the studio. So, yeah. But I want to so carve out time to talk to all of you. Well, we're excited. Um, I just got to sing with Jelani Remy uh, <laughs> in, an improvisational, in an improvisational number that we've been working on. I want to go back a little bit because Back to the Future is right now, but there's so much that happened before. And I just want to start with... I read somewhere, tell me if this is like apocryphal or true, but that the Lion mm. King cassette was the first thing you sort of bought with your own money to listen to. Is that a true thing? Is that a true little known <sighs> fact? It's a true little known fact. The Lion King was the first cassette tape I bought with my birthday money. And I wore that tape out. Do you understand me? I would go through the tape as, as one character throughout the entire journey, then rewind it and go back and be Zazu for another journey and go back and be Mufasa, go back and be a hyena. I wore that tape out. Do you hear me? I wore it out and cut two. It was kind of amazing because it then you know, sort of shaped my future. So can we talk about that? I, I mean, just yeah. the idea, you know, the Lion King, Julie Taymor was on the podcast. I've had so many people, Stanley Wayne Mathis. Yes. Wow. Who, who um, are part Mufasa. of the origin yeah. story yeah. of this show. Yes. Um, I believe that, you know, you can tell your own story, but I would love to sort of hear how you went from like national tour of high school musical to Simba on Broadway in The Lion King. Yeah, so can you well, share your journey with us as a musical theater star, start to finish? Well, start to finish, um, I was in college and I loved theater and I was freelancing with an agency that sent me to an audition for Hairspray. And that was my first professional audition was for Hairspray. And I made it to the end, to the end, and um, I didn't get it. <laughs> but... Um, they wanted to see me for another project. And I was, you know, of course, beaten up because nobody wants to hear no. But that was my first introduction as to no doesn't mean no, it means not right now. You know, because they wanted to see me for this new project of High School Musical. And I had a background in cheerleading and, and sports. And um, I worked out because I had my audition for that. And 
ended up booking the National Tour of High School Musical. And I uh, did that for 19 months, which was awesome. And I got to see what it's like to put up a, a big show, you know, and to tour around with the show and to tour around with different people and and really see what what putting up you know, theater life is. And then I did High School Musical 2 after that, which is, um, you know, the sequel to that. And uh, it was... Uh, the craze was sort of dying after that of High School Musical, so it didn't. It, it, we did it, but it didn't get picked up to go on tour. But a casting agent from Disney was like, you know, I think you'd be great in a Lion King, and um, she scheduled an appointment for me the day after I got home, and it just so happened I knew you know, I was off book from my my tapes, <laughs> and so I knew the show pretty well. On top of that, I did some training at the Paper Mill Playhouse where I, I had to sing Endless Night, so I knew I knew all the material. And they had me go see the show after my audition and then called me back and then called me back and then called me back. And then I found out, you guessed it, I was going to Las Vegas to play the back legs of the rhinoceros. And, yes! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a rhino's butt for uh, a little while in the show. And then I was a swing and an understudy for Simba. And it was when I got thrown on as an understudy that I was like, whoa, this is, this is what I want to do. This is, this, this is this is that same calling that that I felt when I, you know, did my first musical. I knew I wanted to get good at it and make it my own. And I had a beautiful blueprint um, with the Simba before me, Clifton Oliver, who sort of was this gift to me that I got to study and learn from. And then I booked, I got full-time Simba in Las Vegas. And then they moved me to the national tour. And then they moved me to Broadway. So it, it was a long time coming. And, uh, it was a wonderful way to pay my dues and to, to be there and to, to really understand it. And it took me to Broadway. And then after that, I, I sort of left the jungle and stepped into a new show called Smokey Joe's Cafe, which was uh, which is one of my favorite shows, you know, also in high school. And it was the first time stepping out of the jungle and into the role of Jelani that we played ourselves. So it was kind of weird to walk like a human after walking like a cat for 18 years. You know, I had to like stop, stop clawing and stop doing all that stuff and just learn to be a human again, which is kind of cool. And the show crafted it as into our strengths. So it wasn't the same recipe as Smokey Joe's. They, they had a new formula. So that was really cool. Um, after that, I stepped into the show called The Apple Boys, which should be coming back soon, which is a barbershop quartet musical. So I learned singing with other people and blending, which I think helped me get my next gig, um, Ain't Too Proud, where I was a standby for four of the five temps. And then, uh, situation happened with Jeremy Pope, who originated Eddie Kendricks, and uh, I ended up getting an offer to replace him. So um, I sort of ran with that, and we got to do that show, and then the world stopped. And then we all had to sort of go back home and, and reconfigure everything and reconfigure our purpose and sing online for the clap emoji. And, you know, sort of make, make things work. And I resorted to teaching to sort of find my happiness again and to find my, my purpose. And I did that. And then uh, got to have wonderful time with family and reconnect and um, do some outdoor theater with students and, and reignite the flame just in time to bring back Ain't Too Proud, which we did. And unfortunately, it, it closed. Um, and then I, I went on to do some great things. I did some, uh, Goodspeed uh, Cabaret. I got to play the MC in Cabaret at the Goodspeed Opera House where Annie was created, casual. And then I... I, I Went back into The Lion King after that. Did you know that? I went back to The Lion King to play Simba for a few weeks. And then they were like, hey, we need a Simba in Abu Dhabi. Can you go out there with Julie? So I got to then go to Abu Dhabi to play Simba for two weeks, which is amazing. And then I started uh, my journey of Back to the Future.
Okay. I know it's a lot of information. Okay. A lot of so, information. I know. So, no, I know. it's incredible. And I really appreciate that because you just took us on a journey. You know, we are only sort of moments out of the kind of lockdown version of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about it again as sort of like ha- the reset that happened, like the beauty of I got to be with my family, but also the time that we could spend a trying to figure out how to be creative at home. Mm -hmm. Um, Then the idea of like outdoor spaces becoming ways in which we could commune and perform for each other, the Mm -hmm. clap emoji, like all that stuff. It sort (laughs) of is like, it feels so far away, but it was yesterday, really. It was yesterday. And, uh, it was yesterday. It truly sort of, was yesterday. Like the to to think about when you talked about the stage door earlier, like it wasn't that, that long ago where we literally did not know would there be a stage door again? Like what what would happen to theater? And just thinking of early days of theater coming back and and then to go see you and your beautiful cast in Back to the Future, not just with like people, but like like I think the line to get into your show and I'm and I'm someone who kind of comes closer to curtain I know that I don't have to get to be an audience member I don't have to get there at 7 30 for an eight o'clock show but at like at like 7 50 the lines around like olive like the line to your Mm -hmm. show is miles and miles long people are going insane and so Wow. Like just to just thank you for reminding me of of like the pause that we took and what it took to get back here. It's kind of an extraordinary thing. I also think like, was there any part of you that was like, "Mm, I don't want to be the back legs of a rhino? Or did you right away you right away were like, I'm fine with it. Let me let me hear about that. I was just happy to be there. I was happy to be there. And especially with a show like that, every every, there is no there is no like the ensemble is the heartbeat behind a show like the Lion King. You know what I mean? And to see what everybody does and their specialties. Yes. It was just it's a team. It was so thrilling to be part of that. Are you kidding me? I was I was the proudest back legs you ever did see. It was so awesome, you know, because we got to bring the rhino to life, you know, and it did, and then to see what it did to the to the audience when they got to see, you know, the the procession and all that. No, I loved it. I loved it. Well, I loved it. thank and God, because more, look I what loved, happened. Exactly. I love being a swing too, because that's like the ultimate chameleon. You learn. I learned what eight different men in the show did and got to jump in at any given time. You know, so it was really cool to sort of have that skill and know how to do onstage and offstage traffic as well. Now, how does your brain hold all of that? I, I, I mean, I, I almost sound like my grandma. Like, how do you learn all those lines? But listen, literally, it was, like, this is the, this is the iCloud before math? the iCloud. No, this is the iCloud before the iCloud. <laughs> That's how. You're the original it, I, just, I just really enjoy it. I just really enjoy it. And I love also seeing what other people do. And it just sticks with me. You know, I do that all the Even now in, in Back to the Future, I'm seeing everything that goes on around me. I take it all in. You know, that's part of the, I think that's what makes you a great performer is, is being aware and, and, and knowing how, and knowing what goes where because anything can and will happen. And you have to sort of bounce off of it and be present. So how do you take care of your body? Because when I think about from the back legs of the rhino to Simba to the really like, there's so much movement going on in the show you're doing now. How, yeah. What are your like routines for keeping yourself healthy? Sure. Um, things happen. You have to just listen to your body as best as you can and be kind to it. Um, 
a passion I have now is swimming. Swimming has really like opened up my 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 breath support and like just like my focus because I'm just going back and forth in different. I'm not the best swimmer. I'm never. I'm not trying to be on the U.S. Olympic team, but for that thirty minutes I'm doing it, it's been so peaceful. Um, my I have a wonderful uh, lineup of trainers. You know, they have me doing kettlebell stuff or a lot of stretching and yoga, and I sort of pull from what I need to do to warm up my body, to warm up my voice. Um, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about the audition process for Back to the Future? Yeah, I was so scared to do it because it is Back to the Future. I sort of kept putting it off and like just sort of scared because it's like, wow, this is a big deal. This is a big, and this is going to be a big show. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But then I just kept practicing that song. That's all I sing. You got to start somewhere. And it's like, well, well if I, I can't sing this if I don't believe it. So get your get your booty in there and get get it in. And uh, when I walked into the room, um, so scared because you know, and as an auditioner, you have just you know maybe three minutes to give your best self to these people for for an opportunity of a lifetime. And I walk into the room, and there is uh, my producers of Smokey Joe's Cafe sitting there with smiles on their faces. There is Chris Bailey, the choreographer who I just did a gig with for this Hermes musical that he choreographed that we had a great time. There's John Rando, who's one of the kindest individuals on this earth. There is Bob Gale, the legend with this big smile on his face. Um, and there's a music team that I, I knew Ted Arthur because I'd seen him around. And all these people that I knew all in the same room for the same project, it just took a pressure off of me. And I was like, oh, okay, I could just be myself. And that, those are the best auditions where you can just be yourself and the pressure's off. And I saw my friend Beth Crandall also. Like I just saw these familiar faces that were like rooting for me. And so it just it just felt right. And it felt it felt supported. It felt great. And I was I was happy to do it and got called back and got called back to dance. And it all just worked out. So where were you when you found out that you booked the job? Oh, get this. I was at my high school where I started doing theater, helping them with their musical. When I got a call from my agent, I was with my teacher, Jennifer Jessen, and I got to tell her that I get to originate a role on Broadway. Wow. Ah. Wow. And then, you know, there was so much press about um, original cast members of the film, Michael J. Fox and Christopher yeah. Lloyd, and like, you know, they yes. all they all were coming. It was sort of an unprecedented thing. It wasn't opening night. It was like this special. It was a gala opening. Yeah, it was a gala opening that we were raising money for the Michael J. Fox Foundation, which was incredible. And I came out of the theater. I came down the stairs of the Winter Garden, and I see these two gentlemen, Harry Waters Jr. Um, yes, that's right. I see Harry Waters. I see. I see both the characters that I play. They're they're both standing down there. Jelani looking, is talking about the me. original actors yes. from the film. It's um it's um Donald. Yeah, Donald Full of Love, Love and Harry and, Waters and Jr. Harry Waters Jr. Wow. And they are down there saying, "You are us." They say, "You're us. You're good. <laughs> You're us." And they gave me the biggest hug. They gave me a wonderful gift. And we just hug each other and just look at each other. And this is just like a surreal moment that I will never, I get it. I honestly get taken back every time I think about it. Like coming down those steps, I, I lost my breath. You know, because like, I, 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 what? <laughs> what? Well, the legacy of that and the passing of the torch and their generosity yeah. and you're receiving that and. And them, incredible. and them greeting you with with like so much dignity and love like yeah. what an incredible yeah. also you know in the show so Jelani plays two roles he plays 
plays Goldie Wilson and Marvin Berry. If you know the movie, you know, and you know, there's a mayor and then, and then you're performing, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, I guess it, I guess they just decided to have one actor play both of these parts. And um, you are one of those actors in a show that get to bring the house down every night. And I want to know, A, what is it like to receive that, to, to be in that kind of conversation with your audience? And once that happens and you're aware, like, oh, I'm that guy in the show, is there a, a, a pressure that you feel when that number is coming up beyond the joy and excitement, like, Oh no, here it comes or not at all. What's, what's oh, that? I think, I think there's a responsibility to just stay true. You know, that's, that's all it is, is I'm just doing the groundwork that the wonderful writers and the wonderful music, music creators have, have laid out for me. This song is, it's, it's sort of like a build and a build and a build. It's sort of just me and George for a bit. And then it turns to me and the town people and my castmates for a bit. And then for me, there's a switch where I then take in the audience and we're all on this wonderful revival journey together of, of, of hope and positivity and going forth and being fierce and ferocious. And then, and then it's just me and the audience because the, the, the cast leaves and it's just me and the audience. And it's just like, it's, it's more of like, you got it, <laughs> you know? And it's a wonderful responsibility. There's not a pressure because it's just as long as you, it stays truthful. That's all it is. It's just being truthful. And it's a song that I love to sing. It's a song that I love to feel. And it's, it's definitely something that, that is just like, it's infectious. You know, it's infectious how it spreads and how it was choreographed and how it was just designed. It's, it's a privilege. It really is. You are, I mean, you exude this on stage um, and you exude this in conversation and in life. <laughs> This this positivity that you bring to the work and to this conversation, like just to the world. Can you tell me a little bit? I know you have to get back to rehearsal, so we can always continue this conversation another day. We'll get to what sure. we get to today and okay. we don't have to wrap it up in a bow. Um tell me about like who was in your house growing up and where did where did this love come from and and oh tell me about your childhood a little bit like in terms of finding musical theater as an outlet for one of your many talents but like where did the love and 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 um positivity come from Oh, that came from my parents, for sure. My my parents are Caribbean. They came to New York, you know, uh, separately, but then found each other and then created a family. And I'm the youngest of five, which is pretty cool. I got this sort of, I, I like to say that they stopped after me because they finally got the mix right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? No, no, no. But I think um, a lot of my compassion maybe came from preschool. My parents missed the cutoff date for preschool. And the only, only, only class that they could put me in was a special needs class. And I was not special of special needs. However, I was a baby. I was really young. So I wouldn't know the difference, but I found myself helping a lot of the kids or helping out in class a lot, or at least that's what they were telling me. And uh, I think that stuck with me, you know, that every, everybody comes from a different place and, and um, love is important and care is important and just, you know, being good people. My parents instilled that in me and being a good person, um, always trying to do the best you can. And um, I think I come from a great town in New Jersey where uh, was, I came from like, like near Soprano where they filmed The Sopranos. So like everyone's kind of your mother, you know, and everyone's kind of like, get over here. Hey, what are you doing? Yes. Come over here. You know what I yeah. mean? 
very that. I have it's everyone's support. business. It's everyone's, everyone's business. Is everyone's, everyone's business. A hundred percent. So, and then, then that same support when I came to Broadway is still there. So they all, they all come to see Jelani on Broadway. So I have a wonderful support system. And then this wonderful theater community that I've gotten to do so much growth and work and, and Broadway cares even like this is a wonderful organization that I get to sort of have my hand in as, as, as a, the next generation of young artists trying to make a difference and to help out others you know, by by creating programming that that raise funds to help, you know, Broadway Cares do the amazing work they do in our community and the country and Puerto Rico. So it's I I I found um different outlets as to keep fueling myself. And you talk about the the time we had to reset. A lot of the fuel for me was seeing my other artists, you know, do wonderful things outside of, you know, our eight show week, do wonderful things, you know, if it's activism, if it's support, if it's learning something new I, I i'm endlessly fueled by my colleagues and um it's it's a really wonderful gift that we get to do as artists as to make people feel something for that two hours and 45 minutes you know it's somebody seeing our show for the first time or somebody seeing our show for the last time and it's our job to give them something to remember so it's a wonderful gift that we get to give well before i let you go is there a little known fact about jelani that you can share with my listeners yeah, um, I never made a first day of school because I'd get too excited and I'd throw up. Um, isn't that wild? But here's the thing is that it was the same kids every year. Do you know what I mean? Like it was, I went to one school with 107 kids and like I would get nervous every day and, like, and never made it. So what about, so, so stage fright, lack of stage fright or different, uh, different part of I your was brain goes into work? Different part of my brain. It was like Tracy Turnblad waking up at like 4 a.m. like bright eyed and then I just get too excited. I had my clothes laid out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, you know, I've had, I don't know, 450 little known facts. I think that is, that's my We're favorite. That's my We're favorite. working on it. We're working oh my on God. It. Jelani, Remy, thank you so, so much for being on the podcast today and taking time off of rehearsal of your new thing and have a great show tonight. Say hi to your wonderful cast for me. And, I will. Thanks uh, for thank you. Me. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Be well. Bye. Bye. I have some news. Little Known Facts is now available to watch on YouTube. Hours and hours and hours of interviews that you can see my fabulous guests. And guess what it's called? Little Known Facts with Alana Levine. Catchy, right? Anyway, head on over to YouTube and watch the podcast. And please don't forget to subscribe. Also, if you want to donate to the podcast, zero pressure, but if you want to, no donation is too big or too small. I am so grateful for you for listening, but if you want to donate, just go to littleknownfactspodcast.com forward slash donations. Lastly, Little Known Facts is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, USA. My editor is Nicholas Clark. None of this happens without Nicholas. And the Little Known Facts theme song was composed and sung by Georgia Famusa with backup vocals by Caleb Famusa. Thank you for listening and have an amazing day. So you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, 
source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 